the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch, and we're glad you are joining us tonight. The difficult times we live in begs the question, where is God during our most challenging times? We believe the more the world becomes chaotic, the more we need to draw closer to God and learn to trust in Him, even when the world seems to be completely out of control. Over the next 30 minutes, Pastor Dudley Rutherford is going to share a message meant for everyone listening right now. We know it is no accident you are with us tonight, for God orchestrates all things perfectly. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with tonight's message. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, the first four books of the New Testament are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, those three chapters are called the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is on a mountainside preaching, and that's why they call it Sermon on the Mount. And in that sermon that he preaches, it's the longest recorded sermon that we have of Jesus. Now, not everybody wants to hear me preach. Let me tell you, that's true. But everyone should want to hear one of Jesus' sermons. And you should read through this text, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount. But in the very middle of that sermon, Jesus talks about this thought of paying it forward. It says in Matthew 6, verse 19, do not, everybody say the words do not. Do not store up for yourselves. I want you to say yourselves. Treasures here on this earth where a moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Verse 20. But store up for yourselves. Everybody say yourselves again. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There was a recent survey called Stress in America. And 72%, 72% of all adults report feeling stressed out about money and finances on a monthly basis. And whenever anybody talks about finances or money or giving, it's always a stressful topic. It reminds me of the mother who was hysterical because her son had accidentally swallowed a quarter. And so she turned to her husband and screamed for him to call a doctor. So the husband picks up the phone, but instead of calling the doctor, he calls his pastor. The wife gets even more upset. She says, we don't need a pastor. We need medical help. To which her husband responded, hey, our pastor can get money out of anybody. That may or may not be true. 
But one thing we do know is that everything we have, everything we own, comes from the Lord. And I'm convinced that Jesus always knows what's best for you and for me. If you take anybody's advice on any one subject, the best person you can listen to for advice is Jesus. Heed his advice. Now, I've read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, or 6, 7, and 8, the Sermon on the Mount. I've read it hundreds of times, hundreds of times. I've looked at these verses hundreds of times, maybe thousands of times. And when you look at the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is trying to explain what the kingdom of God on earth should look like. We are a long ways away from how it should look like. And so I want you to begin this message when you read the Sermon on the the Mount. We as believers need to adopt a counter-cultural mindset because everything you read is opposite of what the world teaches and what the world believes, especially when it is concerning material possessions. Righteous people do not, cannot live for the Lord on Sunday morning and then live the rest of the week searching for the almighty dollar. We have two extremes. They're extremes that people teach. One is that you have to be poor to be righteous. The other extreme is if you're not wealthy, then you must not be a very good Christian. That's called the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. Both of those viewpoints are wrong. Nowhere in the Bible does God ever condemn money or having wealth. Money is morally neutral. It's neither good or bad. It's our attitude towards money that is either godly or evil. Having material possessions is not a sin, but being materialistic is a sin. It is never wrong to have or to own material possessions as long as those material possessions do not own you. I want to give you three things that we learn from this text. And again, at the end, stay with me. We're going to do some fun stuff at the end of this. Number one, be wise to where your treasures reside. Right now, you are either storing up treasures here on this earth where moth and rust will destroy, thieves will break in and steal, or right now, you are storing up treasures in heaven where moth and rust will not destroy, where thieves will not break in and steal. The issue really doesn't have anything to do with storing up treasure. Storing up treasure is okay The issue is where that treasure resides. The issue is the location of those treasures. Laying up treasures on earth speaks of materialism, sometimes covetousness. Laying up treasures in heaven speaks of wisdom and purpose. It speaks of true wealth. It speaks of true value. The key is to adopt a heavenly attitude towards your earthly possessions. We talked last week about how this world is not our home, that we're just passing on through. In this text, Jesus is telling us to treasure your treasures. However, he says, do not treasure your treasures here on this earth. You need to learn how to treasure your treasures up there in heaven. 
The Bible says in Proverbs 23, verse 4 and 5, do not wear yourself out to get rich. The Bible says to cast but a glance at riches and they're gone, for they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 5, verse 10, whoever loves money never has enough money. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. Money can buy you amusement, but money cannot buy you joy. Money can buy you a bed, but money cannot buy you sleep. Money can buy you companions, but money cannot buy you a friend. Money can buy you a house, but money cannot buy you peace. Money can buy you medicine, but money cannot buy you comfort. Money can buy you sex, but money cannot buy you intimacy. Money can buy you therapy, but money cannot buy you forgiveness. Money can buy you a church building, but money cannot buy you eternal life. The question, the question, your work, your time, your energy, your effort, your treasure, are you building a nest egg for yourself here on this earth? Or are you building yourself a nest egg for yourself up in heaven? That's the question. There was a rich man who who died and went to heaven. He went through the pearly gates and Peter was standing there, going to give him a tour. And Peter said, I'm going to show you where you'll be staying while you're here in heaven. And they walked in this area that had these beautiful mansions. And they were beautiful. They were uh, constructed out of gold and silver and precious stone and Everywhere you looked for these mansions, they came to this one that was ornate. You talk about beautiful, it was beautiful. And the rich man said, who lives here? And Peter said, well, this is where the janitor lives. The janitor said, yeah, this is where the janitor lives. You know, the one who cleaned the church building all those years. He was a godly man. He served Jesus. He loved God with, with all of his heart. Yeah, this is where the janitor lives. They, they kept walking through all these other mansions. They came to look like the largest mansion. It was full of emeralds and, and rubies. And he said, who lives here? He said, is, is, this, is this where I'm going to live? And Peter said, no, th- th- this is where your maid lives. My maid? Yeah, this is where your maid lives. With the little bit of money that you paid her, she raised six kids. She went to church every week. She gave faithfully to the Lord each week. Yeah, this is where your maid lives. He goes, where do I live? He said, well, that's where I'm showing you. They kept walking and finally they were clear out of down, down this little hill and they stopped in front of a shack. It was made of sheet metal and tar paper. The front door was an old refrigerator door. It was held together by baling wire and twine. And he said, who lives here? And, the man, and Peter said, this is where you're going to live. Me? This can't be right. Yes, this is your house. The rich man couldn't believe it. He said, there must be some mistake. Peter said, no, there is no mistake. In fact, we did the very best we could with what you sent ahead. <laughs> I say, be wise to where your treasures reside. Number two, write this down. Be committed to treasures that last. Matthew 6, 19 through 20, Jesus is announcing a fact that nothing in this life endures. There's an old saying that says the one who dies with the most stuff wins. 
The question is, when's what? The Bible says in Job 1, I want you to write it down, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall depart. The inevitable reality is that earthly treasures do not last. You've all played the game Monopoly. Raise your hand if you've ever played a game of Monopoly. Raise your hand. Monopoly may be one of the most important lessons that we learn in life. Because at the end of the game, when the game is over, they take the board, they fold it up, they put it away, they take all the hotels and the houses and the railways and the titles and the deeds, they're all collected and returned to the box and the lid is placed on the box and then the box is put away. It's all just a reminder that when our life is over on this earth, I don't care how big a pile of cash you've accumulated, I don't care how many houses you own or how much land you own or where you lived on the boardwalk. They're going to take you and put you in a box. And they're just going to... That's it. There are three factors that take away our earthly treasures. Now, you've heard of moth, rust, and thieves. What is is moth, rust, and thieves? Write this down. Moths speak of nature. You know, you got a nice fancy suit or a dress, you put it in the closet, you leave it in there and come back and it's like destroyed. You you can't even see the moth. A moth got in there and ate that piece of clothing. Nature speaks of tornadoes or hurricanes or fog or floods. Rust speaks of time, depreciation, wear and tear, outdatedness. It's amazing how much stuff we buy that we think we have to have and one day it's in a garage sale because it's junk and at one time it meant something to us and somebody comes along and buys your stuff ends up in their garage cell thieves speak of people swindlers carjackers crooks sometimes your own relatives can you say amen some things we lose passively subtly eventually over a period of time some things we lose abruptly immediately violently either way whether it's over a period of many years or whether it's something that happens overnight treasures on this earth do not last paul said in first timothy chapter six he said command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our what? For our enjoyment. So command them to do good. Command them to be rich in good deeds. Command them to be generous and willing to share. And in this way, verse 19, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is the truly life that's that's you've heard that phrase living the life living the dream that's living the life being generous and willing to share laying up treasures in heaven for the coming age that is truly living i heard of a husband he went on a business trip he was coming back home and He wanted to get a gift for his wife just so she would know how much he appreciated her. And the lady at the cosmetic counter showed him this bottle of perfume. It was $175. And the man thought, that's a bit expensive. Do you have anything else? 
okay. So she reaches down and she pulls out a bottle. She says, this bottle's only $75. Hmm, he thought to himself. Should I spend the $75? I, I hate to even ask, but do you have anything cheaper than that? Well, trying to conceal her frustration, she reaches underneath the counter. She pulls out the smallest little bottle of perfume she can find. She says, this is the cheapest. It's only $20. And he goes, do you, I hate to even ask, but is there anything cheaper? She said, we have one thing. And she reached down under the counter. She pulled out and gave him a mirror. I, I really wonder what God thinks sometimes. We say, I'm generous with God. God, here's $2. I wonder, I wonder if God ever says, well, why don't you just make it one? <laughs> if you're going to be generous, be generous. Invest in the kingdom. Invest in things that last. Just quick question. How important is the house you live in? How important will that house be 100 years from now? How important will the car you drive be 100 years from now? How important will your iPhone be 100 years from now? How important is that dilemma? How important will that diploma be 100 years from now? I tell you, be extra wise where your treasures reside and be extra committed to laying up treasures that will last for all of eternity. And number three, number three, be concerned about what your treasures reveal. That's what you need to be concerned about. There's a movie series called The Pirates of the Caribbean. And the main character in that movie is Captain Jack Sparrow. And Captain Jack Sparrow has a compass. It's no ordinary compass. Rather than always pointing to the north, which is what normal compasses do, his compass, when you hold it, it points to whatever the person holding it wants most. It might be a person, it might be a location, it might be a treasure, but it only works if the person holding it knows what they want. Captain Jack Sparrow, as self-centered as he is, he doesn't really know what he wants, so the compass doesn't always work for him. In the second Pirates movie, he's trying to find this chest containing the still beating heart of Davy Jones. And Jack can't seem to get a reading from his compass. So he convinces Elizabeth that finding the chest will reunite her with her true love. And because her heart is more certain, they get their correct heading and continue their journey. My question to you is if you were holding Captain Jack's compass, pointing to what matters most to you, where would it point? What is the most important thing in your life? Well, in a sense, there is a compass that reveals what's most important to you. It's your treasure. Because Jesus said in verse 21, for wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There was a pastor by the name of Vander Warner who tells the story of a young, beautiful woman in his church. This is his church. He tells the story about this beautiful young woman who worked hard. She saved all her money, 
And then she fell in love with a young man. And they planned to get married, but tragically, right before the week of their wedding, she had a horrific auto accident and was killed. When the police came to the scene of the accident, as you can imagine, they have to try to find who to notify, who is the next of kin. So they had to open up her purse and look at her personal items, trying to find a name or an address. Do you know what they found inside her purse was her bank statement and where all the checks that she had written had been written to. And somehow they found the fiance's name and contacted him and he came to the scene of the accident. And as they were all standing around, one of the police officers said to the fiance, listen, uh, right or wrong, I, I just want you to know that I had to look through your fiance's bank statements and I couldn't help but see that she kept writing this check to a certain church. It wasn't a small check, but she did it over and over again. What kind of girl was this? And with that, the young man began to explain to the police officer, oh, this woman, she loved the Lord. She loved the church. She served God with all of her heart. You could tell even by her bank account, the priority of her life. And it was through that testimony, the fiance led the police officer to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, I wonder... I wonder if someone would come to know Jesus Christ just by looking at your bank statement. Just by looking at my bank statement. Would someone draw the conclusion that the kingdom of God must really matter to this person? That the kingdom of God must be a priority? When you understand this text, I tell you it will revolutionize your life. It will revolutionize your worldview. Most of my life, I've always assumed that your treasures follow your heart that whatever you love you invest in that wherever your affections lie that your resources follow but jesus turns that upside down jesus says not so fast jesus says that your heart follows your treasure the more that i invest the more that i give the more that i tithe in the kingdom, the more my heart will be drawn to God. Can you say amen? amen? Now let me give you some fun things and some announcements. First of all, this is a three-week series. We want to encourage you to pay it forward. We want you to take a leap of faith to your local church. Whether you attend this church or some other church, I, I, it doesn't matter. But whatever church you attend, I want you to consider being faithful in the way you give. Become a regular, faithful tither to the church and to the kingdom of God. You can give online or you can give when you get here week after week, but do not give God the leftovers. Truly look at it as sowing into his kingdom. Invest your life, your resources, your energy, your abilities into the kingdom of God. In these uncertain times, we know as Christians there's a great comfort available to us in the form of prayer. If you feel the need right now for someone to pray with, we have phone counselors standing by, ready to take your call. Our number is easy to dial. It's 888-818-4777. If you are unable to get through on your first try, please be sure to try again. Our phone number again is 888-818-4777. 
If you would like more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. Wouldn't it be great if there were accessible answers to our spiritual problems? Just like there's a smartphone app for calculating a tip or getting directions to a local store. Most of us have heard the phrase, there's an app for that, popularized by the creators of the iPhone. Well, God has an app for the common problems faced by Christians everywhere. Are you stressed out? God has an app for that. Problem with crude language or gossip? Struggling with prejudice? Brokenhearted? Anxious? Or depressed? God has an app for that too. Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, is available now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This helpful resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also get God Has an App for That on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again tomorrow night at this same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.